What's up, guys? I am here with Andrew, the founder and CEO of AmbiSafe. How's it going, Andrew? Uh, it's going well. Hi, everyone. Thank you for hosting me. Yeah, definitely. And we're both in quarantine, you know, sitting in yeah. our own houses. And uh, I'm floating in space. <laughs> and Andrew's in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretending to be at some beach. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> cool. So um, before we dive into AmbiSafe, Can you just kind of share uh, your background, how you came into crypto and how you came up with what Ambisafe is? Yeah, I started developing my own cryptocurrency before uh, before it became a trend, far before uh, in 2009. Um, I was experimenting with time banks and various economic models um, for internet-based currency um, while still based in Ukraine. Uh, I was looking for a platform to launch online business that would not be attached to a local financial system that was very corrupt and inefficient. Um, and shortly after, I found that some Japanese guy called Satoshi Nakamoto released uh, something very similar to what I was trying to launch uh, called Bitcoin. And then I started launching businesses on top of Bitcoin uh, starting 2012. Uh, with a merchant service that allowed websites to accept payments similar to PayPal, then some exchanges, and then more sophisticated stuff like wallets, stable coins, and uh, yeah, dozens of other projects. I don't want to get too deep into that. Nice, nice. So doing it before it was cool. Love that. Yeah, love that. So what um, what led you to Ambisafe? It sounds like you were creating various projects. Um, what led you to it and, and what is it? Yeah, so the thesis for starting Ambisafe in 2015 was that most of the companies that will use the blockchain technology are not technology companies themselves. Like most of the companies that use um, Microsoft Office are not software companies who develop tools like Microsoft Office. They There are some other kinds of businesses that need software for their business use cases. And it was the thesis for, for MBSafe. It, it was an attempt to launch a universal enough platform for issuing uh, tokens, launching cryptocurrency wallets, and so on, that can be used by non-tech companies, other businesses that will actually uh, use the technology for their business use cases. And I have launched MBSafe in 2015, and our first client um, uh, was Tether. It was the first stablecoin that was being launched there. They were looking for wallet software, which we happily provided. Uh, and yeah, and, and so MBSave became the first uh, blockchain software company uh, in, in B2B space in this way. Got it. Got it. And I think one of the things that I wanted to touch on, and I've, I've, done a lot of research on is tokenization and at Grow Your Base, you know, we're, we fundamentally believe that tokenization is going to be a, a game changing uh, concept for a lot of different assets. But what are your, what are your thoughts on tokenization in general when it comes to, you know, these real world assets that we can tokenize? I think about it um, as switch to digital in first place and then blockchain as a specific technology 
implementation of digital signatures. But the biggest, uh, the larger trend that I see is happening is a switch of business processes to digital form. Processes are moving from paper <clears throat> to electronic databases. And whenever it happens to any process, it, it usually becomes 100 times faster and more efficient and, and 1,000 times cheaper. And tokenization is a very general term for switch, of, for implementation of some business process. Um, often the whole uh, ecosystem of processes for some industry on the blockchain. So I think it has a very big and bright future, but it wouldn't be called tokenization long term. It would be called uh, digital, digital signatures and, and so on. Because token is a very limiting uh, concept. Uh, you can do much more with digital signatures, with digital identities and electronic databases in general. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be it's a, it's a great progression moving things digital and then moving it even further um, and into blockchain and leveraging that so in terms of what ambisafe is for the people like if my mom is listening to this if the older people that are you know wanting things simplified down how would you simplify it down and what are you guys doing around like tokenization uh sure ambisafe uh is a software company that specializes in uh, creation of digital contracts. Uh, like before blockchain, you would normally, whenever you need a contract, let's say you are running some business and you need a contract to sell something to your customers, uh, you would go to a lawyer. Um, now you can you can go to MBSafe or similar platforms that offer smart contract version, it's called smart contract, or the digital version of the process. So you don't have to create uh, contract manually with, with your lawyer. So we, uh, we are the creators of digital contracts and specifically we specialize in financial markets, um, issuance of securities like shares of companies, various revenue share agreements, uh, and, uh, coupon codes and similar uh, like units of value that people usually trade with each other. Got it. And that's a, that's a good segue into what, happen, what happens if a company isn't public? Like how do they, how do they get liquidity in terms of uh, with these I'm fascinated by security tokens. I think it's a, it's a fun fun topic. Yeah, that's a good question. So, public companies have been historically, like up until 1980s, public companies were also traded in paper form. Like brokers and stock traders would would bring stocks of shares or stocks of paper to the floor of uh, New York Stock Exchange and similar exchanges and would trade them manually, exchanging pieces of paper to, to dollars. And then once the volume became too high, um, that process was moved to digital form because there was a so-called paper crisis when yeah, the volume was just too, too high to handle it manually uh, anymore. So um, 
the stock exchanges switched to digital databases and gradually moved the process of trading stocks to digital form. It's been but it's been done for public companies, uh, but up until recently, like last five years, uh, the demand for trading private securities wasn't so high, so there wasn't a strong um, incentive or demand to switch the process of trading of private securities to um, to digital form. So this is why up until like last year, most of the private transactions, uh, let's say you wanted to buy an equity of Uber or Airbnb before they went public and you even found some investor who was like let's say early investor in, in that company or some employee who wants to get rid of their stock options uh, you found them the time to execute that transaction would be a week at least uh, for all the legal work all the negotiations with uh, like brokers company stock transfer agreements and so on that process wasn't touched at all by digital technologies and digital platforms and now once companies are choosing to do IPOs at later and later stages, um, there is a growing demand to switch the process of, uh, of private trading to digital form because regardless of when the company does IPO, the number of investors that company has uh, is proportional to the size of the company and and the age of the company, but not the decision of whether they've decided to go public or not. So the demand for trading still, like the demand for high frequency trading of some kind still happens at seventh to 10th year of existence of the company, but, but a lot of companies choosing to do IPO much later. And uh, the solutions that we are developing that developed and launched in certain jurisdictions, we, uh, we are moving the process of trading of private securities to digital form so people can trade, uh, so people can execute the private market transactions in, in a matter of minutes, sometimes seconds, uh, compared to weeks uh, for private companies. Got it. Yeah, and one of the things that sticks out the most about Ambisafe is the fact that you guys are like absolutely by the book in terms of following regulations. Um, I think that's one of the things that probably, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing what you guys are doing, but what sticks out to me the most, I think, um, is like the regulatory compliance part. Like you guys are following security laws like hyper closely. <laughs> and I think that's good. Um, it's like a slow and steady approach to this, which is the correct way when you're dealing with you know, securities. I think it's it's a really important concept that's really underplayed in the space. A lot of people are under the impression, you know, the Facebook of, of uh, move fast and break things. But in reality, when it comes to securities, you need to be very uh, careful. And you guys have done a good job of being very compliant. And um, I think that's something notable that a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, our long-term mission is to switch financial, uh, to, to migrate uh, financial markets to the blockchain. And I don't believe uh, a business can scale outside of 
to, to any significant form outside of government's regulatory framework or outside of law. You can exist out, outside of jurisdiction, like some small internet companies choosing to, to exist up until certain scale, like up until you have like more than 10 employees or certain uh, turnover, but eventually you need to set up offices, um, hire people in various states with various uh, employment laws with they will want to pay taxes and all this compliance related things you just can't exist outside of uh, jurisdiction at certain scale and because we are serious about growing blockchain based financial markets uh, since 2017 when regulation started to uh, to get clarified in this area, we, we've been developing infrastructure to uh, to track the legitimate shares of companies on the blockchain. Uh, so we've developed framework framework for issuance of shares that are as compliant as as legit and compliant as paper shares, but they only exist in digital form on the blockchain. Uh, and we have this framework working in, in multiple jurisdictions for multiple projects. Uh, we've invented way to uh, uh, generate uh, legitimate state requirements compliant cap tables from a decentralized network of exchanges that trade the tokens I don't I don't think it's ever been done before uh, and yeah we are, we are pretty deep into this and uh, excited to innovate more. That's awesome. And that's a great, um, a great thing of saying that you're, you know, focusing on the fact that no one's, no one's done this in the past. Is there anyone else doing this concept? Like, I know you mentioned that how you guys are specifically doing those, um, with various decentralized exchanges, but, um, are there other, you know, tokenized interests in, in private companies? Like I'm sure, you know, we're, we're working together on Grow Your Base with a couple exciting projects in the future um, that are rolling out. But um, in terms of like other people, do you see anyone in the space that you're excited about? Maybe not that's a competitor, but anybody that's similar into what they're, what they're doing? Uh, some real estate tokenization projects look pretty promising. Uh, they apply both tokenization and fractionalization to the real estate and so they they are decreasing the entry barrier so you no longer have to spend 100k or more um, if you want to start investing in real estate you can invest 100 bucks and still get proportional returns we haven't touched a real estate market yet we specialize in pre-apo companies we've decided to to go from bigger to smaller Mm -hmm. So the, the hypothesis is that if we can bring some high-quality large companies to the blockchain, to the blockchain markets, it will um, uh, it will show the legitimacy of uh, this market as as a market to a broader investor audience. So this is why uh, we've been launching projects that offer equity in, in unicorns like SpaceX, Airbnb, and uh, more companies are work in progress. Uh, but yeah, I saw multiple, uh, I saw multiple interesting projects 
and just for small companies it's more difficult to get traction due to the current market situation blockchain lost uh, significant like amount of trust due to the hype in 2017 and i think it's gonna take some time for the markets to rebuild the trust in this in this market in general yeah yeah and i mean you've been around for a long time in the space and like i mentioned in the past i've been in through multiple bull and bears and you know after mount gox happened you know the similar situation where it was just a desert <laughs> like no one yeah. no one was touching it it was extremely quiet um people were really freaked out because it had gone up and down so quickly after gox people people legitimately thought it was just over <laughs> when when gox happened because it was such a huge event that took place you know and yeah and it was the only exchange or about one yeah. of the, one of three or four that existed uh, yeah uh, um, yeah i think over time as uh, market gets more mature um, more participants more companies people will uh, understand that uh, failure of one project doesn't affect the whole industry or doesn't mean much for the technology in general mm -hmm. yeah so uh what's coming this year like what can you share with us about what's uh what's coming to ambassade yeah so this year uh, as i said we're working on tokenization of um of the unique so-called unicorn companies mm -hmm. uh, companies that uh, that are at the stage where most of the companies would do ipo but they've decided to not do ipo for some reason so we found a way to uh, offer a fractionalized equity of those companies uh, through multiple blockchain based uh, platforms uh, like order book raise on grow your base and, and others um, and yeah i think we'll uh we'll stick to to the large size companies this year that, that have significant demand uh, among the investors and, like, and then later we'll start offering uh, smaller companies uh, so why i think it's important uh, it's, uh yeah one of the most important uh, parts of our mission is financial inclusion. I think because of the uh, lower cost of transaction, blockchain uh, enables financial inclusion. It decreases uh, the, the minimal size of transaction that makes economical sense for brokers and platforms of all kinds. Uh, so instead of uh, having to invest a minimum of Fifty thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars. If you, if you were, if you wanted to buy equity of SpaceX or Airbnb last year, uh, we made it possible to invest as little as hundred dollars, uh, which increased the potential audience to hundreds more millions of of, of people. It, it's a broader financial inclusion. I believe that we are. Yeah, doing good thing for the world by democratizing financial markets yeah and what countries can can people participate uh yeah it's uh most of the europe uh, asia uh, canada uk uh, south america uh, 
most of the countries who haven't issued any regulation about blockchain, we consider it okay to um, to be selling there, and uh, they're selling through um, some regulated uh, brokers in, in EU. Um, yeah, it's the conf- specific configuration of, of the sales process is different for every jurisdiction, but I'd say people in most of the world can participate. Uh, not in the US yet, unfortunately. Uh, it's going to take some effort, but we are working on it. Got it, got it. So where can people find out more? Yeah. Oh, where, where can people... Um, yeah, so for Airbnb, it's uair.info. Uh, for SpaceX, it's USPX. Just Google USPX token or UAR token, uh, and from there you can find more. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Andrew. And everybody, the links will be in the description below. But thanks again for coming on, Andrew. Thank you for hosting us, Steve.